0: Norm Girl Podcast. I am your host, Kristen. We have a real mystery on our hands today. Crop circles. The answer to the mystery of crop circles is out there. But good luck deciphering what that may be exactly. Because it's not just a singular mystery, it's a riddle within a mystery wrapped in opposing opinions and sources and disinformation. Labyrinthal in nature, it'll suck you into its spiral, drawing you down much like the cosmic, hypnotic spirals of the crop circles themselves draw you in. I wasn't expecting to be absolutely sat the heck down by friggin' crop circles, but I was. This is going to be a two-parter, heads up. Today, we will primarily focus on features of the circles. We'll talk about a couple of dudes named Doug and Dave, and I will bring us right up to the point when the crop circle field of study and its researchers suddenly took a turn. We're going to start out very simple, though, with the basics, before launching into a real saga of sorts in part two that might not land where you think it will. Let's do this. Thousands of crop circles have been documented around the world. Over the years, skeptics have argued that they are all man-made. Hoaxes, artistic statements, costly advertising for companies jumping on the attention during the height of the crop circle frenzy. And then there are the others that allude to them being something a bit different. And that doesn't surprise, as there are documented anomalous and strange aspects of a certain percentage of these formations since the 70s. Odd characteristics that have baffled science and logic and researchers. Crop circles that lack any evidence of human interference with characteristics and behaviors that any logical thinking person would be hard-pressed to believe and nary a clue as to how these characteristics and behaviors are even possible. Before we proceed, today's episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner, and if you haven't gotten a gift for dear old dad yet, you're in luck. Manscaped has got your back and your dad's huevos. Trust me, your dad will be thanking you for keeping him in check. And it's not just a gift for him— Mom will appreciate the results, too. So, don't wait any longer. Use the code PNG at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. And get him the most memorable Father's Day gift ever. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Imagine surprising your dad with a lawnmower 4.0, a sleek, well-designed, optimized body hair trimmer that says your balls will thank you on the box you know what kind of humor your dad has he'll love it the 4.0 features a multi-function on off switch that can engage a travel lock so great for traveling it also has additional guard lengths so he can customize his trim and it features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology this father's day let your siblings take care of the boring tie and socks and mugs Get your dad a gift he will always remember and you know he will use. And save 20% off plus free shipping with the code PNG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PNG. Don't forget where you came from, ladies and gents. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. A crop circle is a flattened design created in a field. The end we're done now no the main crops these designs have been found in include wheat barley and canola they typically appear beginning in april and continue throughout the summer until the canvas is wiped clean with the harvesting of crops in august and september though the phenomenon has taken place across the world the majority of crop circles have been reported in the uk with nearly half of those found within a 10 mile radius of the prehistoric stone circles near the village of Avebury in Wiltshire. These designs typically appear overnight, though some have been reported to have occurred during the day, such as a formation just across the road from Stonehenge that not one tourist or security guard noticed forming. It just wasn't there, and then it was there. They range from very simple circles to works far more elaborate. Features that can be seen in these more simplistic geometric formations to outright pictograms include smaller circles on the outskirts called satellites or grape shots, thin rings, thick rings, narrow, straight avenues etched throughout the design, sharp rectangles, sharp triangles, but no matter the feature, everything is done quite precisely most documented circles don't seem to be a mess this is not chaos it's precision oftentimes including consistent ratios and mathematical exactness the height of crop circle mania took place during the 80s and 90s today it's widely thought to be a newer phenomenon only beginning in the 70s but there are examples that can be seen dating back centuries since the 70s a lot of theories as to their cause were thrown into the ring, including it being the devil's doing, fairies, geometrically gifted and coordinated crows, ball lightning, interference for mobile phones, wind vortices, and even sex-crazed hedgehogs because fanatic skepticism knows no bounds. The potential culprit finger pointing was abundant until finally landing on an idea that stuck, and we still adhere to today. People! In 1991, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, two men in their 60s, came forward with an incredible claim, one that newspapers and the public could really sink their teeth into. The Men Who Conned the World was offered up on September 9th of that year by a front-page headline in a British paper called Today. Doug and Dave were responsible for creating the crop circles since 1978. Doug and Dave concocted their plan over a couple of pints at a bar where all of the best ideas are hatched. They started drawing up their designs and travel plans and began heading out once a week to burn holes in the pockets of unsuspecting farmers. And after 13 years, finally decided to come clean. Why? Because their wives We're becoming suspicious of extramarital shenanigans. One has to think, after over a decade of being absent from the home, even one night a week, as they claim their efforts took, after spending all of the money it would take for gas and I'm assuming more covert crop circle meetings at the bar together, the wives in question had to either already be aware of what they were doing or they were both in comas. According to Doug and Dave, their wives were heavy sleepers. Or perhaps they just didn't care what their husbands got up to. Or maybe there was more to Doug and Dave's story and parts of it that are sus. Like being able to jump anywhere from 11 to 35 feet between features in some of the formations they claimed were theirs. Their explanation? They pole vaulted in the darkness of night At 50 to 60 years old. Okay. The Brits are built different, I suppose. Or, claiming certain formations were theirs when shown photos of them by crop circle researchers, only to be informed that those particular photos had been taken far earlier than 1978. Also... Getting paid thousands of pounds each for their story to appear in today, funded by a research and development company connected to the British Ministry of Defense, is a little weird. I must say. But the story was out. The expose did the trick. People across the world gobbled it right up, and the phenomenon was forever branded a hoaxer's pastime. And I have no doubt that these men did create crop circles with their planks of wood and rope and wire attached to ball caps. But not long after Today published their article, they paraded Doug and Dave in front of TV cameras to demonstrate for the world their remarkable artistic abilities. After an hour of stomping around a field, they had created nothing that resembled a genuine crop circle as it was missing what the researchers of the day had found to be the very hallmarks that make them so incredible. So they tried again. The result this time, after two hours, produced more of the same. The plants were damaged, there was no swirling, the borders were indistinct and messy, and their alignments imprecise. And these are rather important features that they got wrong. A hoaxer or field artist creates their design by stamping down the crop. In the Doug and Dave story, this was accomplished using a wooden plank a couple of feet long with ropes at both ends for them to hang onto and pull up as they stomped forward, laying the wheat down flat. In cases of crop circles regarded as genuine while the wheat is laid down flat, the stalk of the plants, rather than lie broken, will instead look redirected. Almost like a plumbing pipe. It's an anomalous bend that makes the plant look like it intentionally chose to start growing sideways. The plant's stock retains its integrity. A few other odd things have been discovered regarding the plants. A scientist who specialized in plant analysis named Dr. W.C. Levengood requested to be sent samples from Circle Sites in 1991. What he found was pretty incredible, alterations in the cellular structure and a rare malformation in the seed casings. What he was seeing during analysis hinted at an ionizing radiation taking place suddenly. He also found a blackening on one side of the seed heads and leaves while the remainder of the plant was left unaffected. He concluded that the blackening had not been caused by something like fire but by reduction, where the organic material was reduced to carbon without the presence of oxygen. His conclusion of everything he found was that what he was analyzing had been subjected to a short, sharp fusion of intense heat as if the plants had been struck by lightning. Levengood also found swelling in the cell pits and growth nodes, which he felt were also the result of a sudden heating. He was able to test his theory and got similar results by microwaving some of the samples. Mmm. Nuked wheat stalks. Hot gluten. Muy delicioso, buddy. And there is that radiation connection cropping up yet again. Another scientist, a biologist named Kay Larson, independently also found swelling in the growth nodes. He found a rapid weakening of the cellulose cell walls in the nodes had taken place, causing them to rupture and swell on one side, forcing the stalks to bend. His theory was that the rupture and swelling occurred due to some sudden, powerful energy he described as a short-lived, intense heat. Weird that two independent, separate scientists basically found the same thing and came to the same conclusion. Soil samples were also taken and analyzed at the time using radiation detection systems at the Tinelec Nucleus Laboratory in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. In all previous readings for radiation using Geiger counters, researchers hadn't been able to pick up any levels of radiation. They did find anomalous levels of radiation on the equipment in the Oak Ridge Laboratory that were too low to have been picked up previously. However, with the lab's equipment, We're rating higher than any control sample. Weird stuff, hard to hoax, stuff like this. This analysis information I just told you about the plants and the soil comes from the book, The New Circle Makers, Insights into the Crop Circle Mystery, written by Andrew Collins. Not to be confused with Colin Andrews, who we will be talking about because the crop circle story kind of centers around him. A major feature missing from Doug and Dave's creation was spiraling. One of the most basic design features and is the foundation of many crop circles is the spiral. The floor design of these formations get quite a bit more intricate than just a simple spiral, but it's definitely at least one of the features researchers at the time looked for and upon close examination of even a simple spiral, one could see that it seemed to be laid down in thin strips, whereas in a lot of man-made circles, the spirals appeared to be laid down in chunks, which totally makes sense if we remember they are using planks of wood or garden rollers. The floor lay gets even more complex though. It has been found if the visible top layer is pulled up, a second layer has been seen in counterflow to the first, a spiral in the opposite direction. And these can go multiple layers deep, as in the case of a pictogram studied at Alton Priors and another at Jaywick, Essex, which went three and five layers deep, respectively, all counterflowing. To each other. Another very interesting aspect to the layering and designs that is pretty hard to explain when keeping in mind the precision, the non-damage of plants, and the limitations of the known tools of the hoaxing trade, counterflowing spirals have been found in the same layer. When the spiral moves in one direction before fluidly meshing with a counterflowing strip and so on and so forth until it meets the outer wall of the circle. And one more aspect that is so very simple, but I find one of the most compelling, because it means the plants could not have been crushed to be laid down. It was found in numerous formations that when the bottom layer of the circle's floor was pried up, not only were the plants themselves unsmashed, there was no imprint of them in the dirt, it's like the stocks had all been gently laid into position, not smushed into the ground with machinery or equipment. But taking all of this into account didn't matter the years of research and investigation conducted by the crop circle enthusiasts and researchers over the previous decade were garbage. Doug and Dave were in. The article went down like butter in the crop circle field of study, and anyone involved in it went down like a jetliner on fire. And at this moment in the research, I felt pretty good about the topic of crop circles. Yada, yada, yada. It's a mystery. Blah, blah, blah. Hoaxers were involved. At the very least, people are very creative, and I can't imagine that any documented crop circle can't in one way or another be explained somehow. Also, I'm not seeing a thing about UFOs or aliens. And then... I just had to look one more time to see if there was anything on scribed that I could use for some quick resources by or about Colin Andrews. Because, of course, you've got to talk about the coiner of the term, at least for a second, if you are covering crop circles, right? Just had to look. And what did I find? Ooh, a transcript of an interview between John King and Colin Andrews. Neato. Hmm. The person who posted it titled it CIA Involvement in Crop Circles. Wonder what that could all be about? Let me just take a look because I can't leave well enough alone. (sighs) Before we can understand the CIA's alleged involvement, we need to go back. We need to talk about the disinformation campaign which began before Doug and Dave, but they, whether knowingly or unknowingly, would end up playing a pardon. In. in 1989, Colin Andrews and fellow researcher and former NASA engineer Pat Delgado had accrued so much data and evidence that they decided it was time to release their findings to the public and their alternative theories to meteorologist Terence Meaden's theory that hot wind tunnels was the main culprit. They did so via publishing what would become a bestseller and also wind up on the Queen's must-have summer reading list that year, circular evidence. The media's and public curiosity about the phenomenon was ablaze. Anyone who wasn't buying the wind theory wanted answers to questions like, who were these mysterious circle makers? Why were they creating them? Were these messages from outer space? And can Terence Meaden explain the wind thing one more time, not quite getting it? So, circular evidence hit the spot. It slapped, son. Colin and Pat were at the top of their game. Celebrities in their own right. The future for crop circle research and study looked very bright. It was now time to catch these circle makers in action. In June of 1989, a large group of scientists, engineers, and other interested parties joined forces for Operation White Crow, the first surveillance operation of its kind. A high-tech equipment-filled caravan that would act as the base of monitoring operations was taken to a location that had had more than its fair share of activity, Chessfoot Head, which is a rather important location and is the site for both Pat Delgado's first observation of a crop circle in 1981 and Collins' first observation of a formation in 1983. Expectant researchers arrived intending to stake it out for a span of two weeks with round the clock surveillance and hopefully capture irrefutable proof of the circle creators. On the second night, a bright orange ball was witnessed by attendees hovering over the area for a good five minutes before getting stage fright and scooting. Pretty cool. How exciting! Over the course of the operation, numerous anomalous lights would be witnessed at night and photos would be taken of unidentified and very strange looking objects during the day. But unfortunately, at the end of the stakeout, no crop circle forming had taken place or been captured on film. Unusual activity, yes, but not exactly what they had been hoping to accomplish while there. As most everyone started packing it in on the last night, a small group decided to try something different than just being removed observers. The group, which include Colin Andrews, Pat Delgado, Clairvoyant Rita Good, researcher George Wingfield, and others, walked to a neighboring field to a couple of circles that had formed previously. They huddled together inside of one in silence, just to see what would happen. There was already suspicion that there might be something more intelligent going on with these formations, something a bit more give and take. Colin has said in interviews that what was to follow might have been one of he and Pat's more bizarre experiences to have ever occurred and reported that this actually had Pat quite frightened. Over the course of the experience, the equipment showed a dramatic drop in temperature and barometric pressure. Pat seemed to be sensing or picking up on something within just a few minutes after the group had settled down inside one of the circles. Colin picked up on a strange sound first, something he describes as an electronic chirping or electronic bird sound. Before long, everyone present became aware of it. And hearing an anomalous sound like this has been reported by quite a few people who have interacted with crop circles. Colin himself had heard something very similar during a previous investigation at a formation in Kempton just two years prior. The sound suddenly seemed to grow louder, and according to some of their accounts, began to move around, orbiting the group, but staying mere feet from their perimeter. There were indications to some in the group that there was indeed an intelligence with the sound as it seemed to react and interact with them throughout the experience, even backing away if anyone approached it. George Wingfield at one point would ask the sound, please, will you make us a circle? Nothing was noted immediately in response to the request, but the noise carried on rotating around them. The sound seemed to stop at one particular spot, and Pat felt compelled to move toward it. He moved toward it, stopped short, and then beckoned to Colin to follow him. He then cupped his hands over the tops of the plants and seemed to be directing something invisible from the edge of the circle toward Colin's stomach over and over. Not knowing what was happening, Colin returned to the group. When he turned to look back at Pat, he saw him with arms outstretched, his body leaning at such an angle that he should have fallen. But his friend remained almost suspended at this tilt, now in distress, calling for him to help. Colin returned to Pat, grabbing a hold of him, suddenly feeling a pull from the circle himself before finally tugging Pat hard enough to release him from the grip of whatever it was, describing it as an energy field of some sort. I've heard Colin talk about this experience on uh, a few interviews and it's just, it is so odd. It's a bizarre experience and hard to visualize. So I, I hope I did it justice there. Um, if you want a fuller, like in-depth description of that event and what took place at Chess uh, visit Colin's website. I'll, I will have it in the show notes for you. So, After this happened, they all decided "Mm, now might be a good time to leave. Colin would return later that night and capture a recording of the sound that was still ongoing at that point, though it sounded like it had moved away some. And at dawn the following morning, a police officer drove by to inform them that a new formation had just appeared in the field east of their site, just 500 yards away from the spot that George Wingfield had requested a circle be made for them, the night before. Hmm. So, after all was said and done, though they hadn't captured the footage they originally set out to get, there was indeed some things to report, all of which was written up and submitted along with a recording of the sound to the British government and the Queen. Not that they would admit publicly that they had received such a thing or had it in their possession, but all in all, an arguably successful operation for those involved. Their celebration and excitement over the highly strange experiences would be short-lived, however. Disinformation was on the horizon. With formations keeping pace, growing more puzzling and more elaborate by the day, proof of the forming of one of these things and an answer to the mystery still needed to be found. The following year, a second surveillance operation was launched. And would be a real turning point for the future of Crop Circles, Operation Blackbird. Join me next week for part two where we will pick up with the debacle that was Blackbird, the launch of a disinformation campaign, shady military activities, cloak and dagger government involvement, and where the foremost expert on crop circles arrived on the topic before stepping away from the field after over three decades. I told you it would be a saga of sorts. Before we go, I wanted to play a couple of minutes of my previous interview with Jason Cordova at the Crypto Science Society, which is now officially the Society for Arcane Studies. Congrats to Jason and company for that transition. I know you guys will continue to bring excellent information and education to the table. Jason is a UFO investigator and back in the day, spent some time as a field investigator for MUFON. We spent just a few minutes talking about crop circles and some of the weirdness that suspiciously surrounds both the circle phenomenon as well as cattle mutilation. I will play that clip for you now before we sign off.
1: Agricultural, the agricultural anomalies, right? crop circles and cattle mutilations, I think are tricky. Uh, because, again, that kind of has to be looked at through a cultural lens. They're lumped into the UFO thing because what else in this modern technological society could possibly do that? Right. right. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's legitimately weird. Uh, I've, I've had the pleasure to work with um, Nancy Talbot, BLT Research, regarding crop circles. She's done some excellent work on, on that, and so I highly recommend to look into her work to get into the like deep, deep stuff with crop circles. That said, I don't know that we're any closer to an answer to what's what's causing them. We could go into detail about how weird they are and the strange anomalies that that parallel crop circles and cattle mutilations. One that stands out is they tend to only affect organic farms and cattle.
0: Oh, that's an interesting point, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Right. You never see a crop circle in a Monsanto field. Okay. Why? Uh, why are the um, the cattle mutilations only affecting organically raised beef? And that's um, that's for
0: a fact. Like I've I've just never heard as, that information. As far before. as
1: I know, as far oh. as I know, and as far as like what what we've worked with the case that uh, me and my cousin investigated, and for the at least what I know of the documented cases. Mm-hmm. Um, if not all of them the majority of them uh, occur with with organically raised cattle they're not they're not affecting the factory farms if they are they're not talking about it but as far as we we have documented they don't appear to be happening in non-organic stuff okay um it's just it's again it's one one mystery after another right now crop circles yes we 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 know we can recreate them it's easy to make a crop circle right Mm. It's not as easy to make a crop circle that causes the nodes to bulge out. It's not as easy to make a crop circle that has a uh, dusting of uh, magnetite and magnetic hematite that's sprinkled at that specific intervals throughout the crop circle, emanating from the center, right? Okay. Or, as we can say, agroglyphs. So there's a lot of things, and both of these things tend to occur in uh, with the cattle mutilation cases, right? So um, magnetite and magnetic hematite are kind of unique. Magnetic hematite only occurs in nature when it's heated up really quick and cooled down. It's heated up and cooled down very quickly. that's the only way to make magnetic hematite. So what often happens is these uh, pods or spheroids of magnetic hematite and magnetite are found in the the crop circle or around the uh, the cattle.
0: If you enjoyed that clip, be sure to catch the rest of our conversation. That was episode 77, which I shall link below for easy access. I guarantee you will learn something new. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Stay tuned. Suffice it to say, things get a bit funky in part two. Follow the show on all socials at Paranorm Girl Pod. Send your questions, theories, concerns, crop circle themed drink recipes to ParanormGirlPod at gmail.com. Take care and have a great rest of your week. See you on Tuesday. Until then, my friends, stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.